0: Inquiry, and Tamara Lich yesterday posted this new profile pic. Right, so she's back on X when she left. It was Twitter, and she says it's been 22 long months since I've been allowed to log into my Twitter account. Elon Musk, did I miss any? Did anything interesting happen while well, I've been away? So she's kind of bolstering her her public persona here. And Andrew Lawton's tweeting about her. She's back, he says, after nearly two year long social media ban due to bail conditions. Tamara Lich reactivated her X account. So there you go. That's interesting. Uh, Melanie Jolie is trying to, speaking of wars, we're going to talk about wars a little bit later as well. I've got a whole, oh yeah, right here. Um, Melanie Jolie is trying to do damage control. National Post is reporting liberals do damage control after thank you message from Hamas terror leader. A late night tweet from foreign affairs minister Melanie Jolie says Canada considers Hamas to be terrorists. So here's the late night tweet, right? So 9.05 p.m. I guess that's late. Is that late? Uh, And Melanie Jolie says, Hamas are terrorists. Our statement was clear. For a ceasefire to be sustainable, Hamas must release all hostages. Stop using Palestinian civilians as human shields and lay down its arms. They have no future in Gaza. We continue to unequivocally condemn Hamas's terror attacks on Israel on October 7th, the appalling loss of life, and the heinous acts of violence perpetrated in those attacks, including the orchestrated attacks of sexual violence. They do not represent the legitimate aspirations of the Palestinian people. My, what? My question is, how does Melanie Jolie know what the Palestinian people want? She doesn't know what the Canadian people want. Why does she know what the Palestinian people want? She knows what the Iraqis want. They want 10 million bucks, right? What would you guys like to become coders? 10 million dollars? I think we could do that. We could do that. They do not represent the legitimate aspirations of the Palestinian people. It reminds me of when the um, people who were in charge of the Canadian government, liberals, I guess, mostly, but not just the liberals anybody ndp anybody against the freedom convoy it reminds me of when they would say the freedom convoy isn't about freedom it's about blah and then they'd go off on some tangent about whatever right whatever right wing talking point they wanted to push it's a very interesting situation when somebody who has absolutely nothing to do with the governance of hamas or the governance of israel or the governance of gaza or the governance of palestine nothing to do with any of that. this person works for canada now granted she's the foreign affairs minister but she is not necessarily influencing anything there and i think that it's really really crazy how self-important us in the west but you know like the canadian foreign minister is trying to lecture these other people, how to fix their problem, we've got problems here. She should look inward, stop pretending like she knows how to solve all their problems, butt out, I don't know. Making making sure that your position is clear is one thing, but the last sentence here, talking about they do not represent the legitimate aspirations of the Palestinian people, I don't know how you can include that and, and be serious about it. Right, like I think that that's she doesn't know. How could she know? She has she what's she basing that on? Like her feelings, her intuition, her gut. Right? Did she poll some people while she was there? Did somebody tell her that? Somebody told her that. Who? Where's the reference? Does not represent the Palestinian people. Fine. Have you seen the polls? Because it seems like they do. But okay, I guess the Canadian foreign minister knows better. Anyway, Garnet Genius is saying after eight years of this NDP liberal government, Canada's national debt has more than doubled and more money is being spent to service that debt than is being transferred to provinces for health care. <clears throat> I have a problem with the idea that the federal government is needing to send... Like, health care is a provincial responsibility. So <clears throat> if the province can't deliver health care with provincial taxes then we need to have a conversation about the whole system. And it's like what I was talking about yesterday. If the system's broken, we have a 14-year wait for affordable housing. Well, your system doesn't effing well work, does it? Like your, your solution isn't a solution, right? Like that's not solving the problem. And I mean, like if you get something like a roof leak, you can't ignore it, right? Like you can't, you can't just, I mean, I guess you could. I guess you could. You could just say the ceiling leaks and, and just ignore it. But it would get worse every time the leak happened, and like you it would correlate with rain, you'd be like, "Oh man, it's raining outside, it's probably going to be leaking in the house, right? I hope somebody's put the bucket down, right, so you could mitigate it a little bit so it won't destroy the carpet too ish right so you put a bucket down instead of fixing it, and you could ignore it, I guess, but at some point, you have to address the root cause of the problem, or it's just going to get worse and if addressing the root cause of the problem is begging the feds for more money with strings that's not a solution for crying out loud holy cow like we can't we can't ask these canadian people to pay more we have to ask you the federal government to tax them more so we can take money from you so you're the bad guys and not us it just seems like somebody paying one credit card with another credit card (laughs) Right? Anyway, back to this. We're in the midst of an affordability crisis and the direct result of reckless deficit spending and middle and low income families are feeling it the most. Conservatives are the only ones who will work to make life more affordable for Canadians. Well, that's not true. I mean, that's not true at all. Absolutely not true. Um, here is this exchange. Mr. Speaker, this government likes to, to now lately claim they've had a conversion to concern about affordability. Meanwhile, for years they've been running a, a, a horrifying economic experiment. They've massively increased spending. They've more than doubled our national debt. We know now that they're spending more on debt servicing than they're sending to the provinces on health care. Outrageous amounts of money in debt, in debt servicing costs. This is what's making life less affordable for Canadians. So fundamentally, if, if they claim to have had this conversion to concern about affordability, will they tell the House? When will the budget be balanced? Mr. Yeah. Speaker, <laughs> no. They're not going to tell the house when the but no, they don't know when the budget's going to be balanced. Christia Freeland doesn't even really know what that means. Budgets balanced. Thanks for the question. Thanks for the question. That's a great question. All Canadians know. I'm just going to look up what balanced means. <laughs> oh my gosh. David says two ofi- two officials resigned from Young and Dundas Square management team after council changes name. Um, so the corporate governments and, and democracy progressive uh, corporate governance and de- democracy progressive style get used to it. Toronto, so Sakofa Square right is down. The Wall, Wall Street Silver, again, is noting Canada and Canada's decline. This is the line, he says, at one of the food banks in Toronto, Ontario. Canada now has a record 2 million people a month eating at food banks. Most of these people have jobs and can't afford the cost of living crisis in Canada. Justin Trudeau needs to go. Canada used to be a wealthy country where these things were rare. Yeah, it used to be that this would be intolerable. People, The media would be screaming that this was Harper's fault if, if this was a conservative leader. Or let's just use Harper, right? They'd be saying this is Harper's fault. It's it's his mismanagement that's you know needs to go throw out, throw out the bum. If we had an NDP government, this wouldn't happen, etc. 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 So pretty wild stuff. But it it looks really really similar to um, Paris. This Eastern European tourist is somewhat shocked by what he sees in Paris. Are you? So it's not as bad as Paris. But if you thought that you were seeing the city of love. Um, well, it, it's not anymore, right? Like, it's, it's towns, it's, um, it, it's street markets, it, it looks very, very different. And these guys aren't lining up for, uh, these guys aren't lining up for food bank, they're selling their goods and things like that, but it's a very, very different feel than the city of love, right, where where it used to be, So what it, what it used to feel like. Um, and... There's encampments here we just- as well, so and, and filth all over the place, dirt all over the place, like garbage, trash just strewn about, and crowds and crowds of people. So it's a very, very different place, and that's what's going on here as well with more and more people flooding in. And uh, carbon tax is different here, and I don't know what the difference is with regards to how much migrants get, but there's probably a difference with regards to how much Fr- Fr- French migrants get versus Canadian migrants. Uh, this is interesting. The Ukrainian war is, has a comic recently where Zelensky is picking Biden's pocket, right? And he's stealing the money, right? And everybody lost their mind. The Ukrainian Canadian Congress say... They're disgusted by this disgraceful cartoon in the Toronto Sun depicting Ukrainian President Zelensky, who's Jewish, stealing President Biden's wallet. This hateful cartoon perpetuates anti Semitic stereotypes as an and is an insult to the Ukrainian people. So it's first anti Semitic and then insulting to Ukraine's Ukrainians. It doesn't say Jew, it says Ukraine. <laughs> right? Like what? So people are very upset about this comic. or this comic. Everybody's losing their mind. The Toronto Sun is issuing apologies about it. We've got to, we'll see this here. Well, I guess I'll do it here. Um. They say, earlier this week, we ran a cartoon depicting Ukrainian President Zelensky picking the pocket of U.S. Joe, President Joe Biden. The cartoon did not meet our editorial standards. We were wrong to run it, and we apologize. It falsely implied American, it falsely implied American aid to Ukraine involves theft. It was hurtful to Canadians of Ukraine origin, <laughs> mad, and to all Ukrainians fighting an existential struggle against Russian aggression. Ooh. It also uses anti-Semitic stereotypes in its destri- description of Zelensky. Ukrainian? Like what? Are you kidding? Where's the description of Zelensky that uses stereotypical? Anyway, regardless, um, it was hurtful. It was hurtful to Canadians of Jewish origin and to Jewish people currently under assault from global wave of anti-Semitism. <laughs> We failed them and we failed all of you, our readers. The syndicated cartoonists behind the cartoon will no longer run in our newspaper. We promise to do better in the future. Wah wah. Like honestly. So everybody's lost their ever-loving minds. And people are are responding, I guess. Um the liberals who support Zelensky in Ukraine are upset with this cartoon from the Toronto Sun. They're calling it an anti they're calling it anti-Semitic because Zelensky has Jewish parents. I don't think actually Zelensky's Jewish. I thought he was Christian. Anyway, back to this seems they're grasping at straws, or did this cartoon hit too close to home? And this is Yarslav Baran, and he says, way to go, the Toronto sun. You've managed to insult Ukraine dignity during their existential struggle for survival. to perpetuate anti-Semitic stereotypes. Three, advance Putin's propaganda efforts all in one cartoon. Real slick, they say. And I think that it's funny because, like, um, <laughs> hold on they're not going after the cartoonist they're going after the toronto sun because they feel like that's the chink in the armor you can get you can get past that part you can you can make the toronto sun drop that cartoonist and then you know hit the cartoonist where it hurts so i guess they're going after the cartoonist by going after the toronto sun but still right it seems very interesting to to go after the publication that ran the the cartoon here's douglas mcgregor and he's a, a colonel uh retired he's a former lieutenant colonel or colonel Uh, he says the ukrainian nation is effectively dead it's comatose well over 14 million civilians have left the country over 500,000 have died putin has done everything he can to avoid a war with the u.s and nato and we have done everything we possibly can to provoke it enough so yeah i think that that's very true and it's unfortunate because well i mean you shouldn't we shouldn't be provoking these wars, but we definitely, definitely are. Like the West seems to be doing everything it can to make sure that Russia doesn't get what it wants with regards to NATO. But, and Russia seems to be real chill about the whole thing. So especially with all the arming of Ukraine, et cetera. Now it seems, it seems that we send four tanks and the four tanks get blown right up. And then everybody's like, you know what we need to do? And everybody agrees, more tanks, right? Obviously, that's the obvious answer. But we don't have more than four tanks. And, you know, we don't have enough pilots to fly the planes we got. So we bought more planes, obviously, right? That's the solution. But um, I think that it's interesting that Russia is just, you know, blowing up all of the equipment that we're sending, blowing up the equipment that other people are sending. There was supposed to be a whole, you know, spring offensive, then late summer offensive, then fall offensive. And we're really going to do it this time offensive. And all of it kind of, they blew up all the munitions. They blew up a lot of the tanks. There was a whole bunch of uh, back and forth. Russia took more control of different territories and, and they just, just kind of waiting. So like, it seems like Russia knows what's going on, like has a long-term plan, it seems, but I'm not privy to it. So, you know, Um, anyway, moving on, let's talk about housing in Canada, Uh, VAM. Angus Topshi says we're aware of recent reports about our sailors struggling with housing in the Halifax region. Sorry, I want to make I want to be clear who this person is. He's the Vice Admiral um, VAM Angus Topshi. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Vice Admiral Angus Topshi. Ha ha. I don't know why. Why would he have VAM? Oh, VAM. Vice Admiral. Okay. Angus Topshi. 38th commander of the Royal Canadian Navy. Okay, so he says, we're aware of recent reports about our sailors struggling with housing in the Halifax region. These are concerning and we're actively investigating. None of our serving members should be homeless. If you know a sailor or other CAF member who needs help, my direct messages are open. And he says, and he says it in French. Um, and then Mark Norman weighs in and he says, Admiral, uh, let us know what we can do to help. And he tags other people in there. And I just thought that's pretty wild. And I ask, what we can do if... The Senate's also been compromised by China, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Uh, Roman Babber is taking note of the $10 million heading to Iraq for Iraqi youth. And he's responding to the CBC article I showed you yesterday, deepening unemployment crisis among Iraqi youth prompts $10 million federal investment from Canada. International Development, Development Minister made the announcement in Windsor, Ontario on Wednesday and Roman Baber says, Canada is sending $10 million to help youth unemployment in Iraq? How about unemployment and homelessness in Canada? The liberals are running a $40 billion deficit. Taxes go up, again, January 1st. To send $10 million to Iraq? Do you want your taxes to go up for this kind of nonsense? Pretty wild. Uh, So here is um, the patriot voice, and he says, an immigrant who just came over the border into the into our country in Arizona, so the U.S. and Arizona, illegally from Guinea, which is in Africa, states that he's been instructed to go to an address written on a piece of paper that's in Philadelphia. The address that is listed is for a community center in the city. WHO, United Nations, is instructing them to go to major cities for what? Right? Chaos, dem- Democratic votes. You can't tell me this isn't a totally planned and coordinated invasion of, of the United States. No different from the playbook they used to destroy Europe. This is happening every single day in the tens of thousands, and absolutely no one is stopping it. Yeah, there's, it's been going on since before 2015. I remember hearing about the southern border in the United States in Texas, and people leaving Texas because of how many people were crossing through Texas texas crossing into texas and across texas and 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 thinking because at the time i was more uh, lefty but i heard about it and i thought that's probably a big problem like you probably have to get a hold of that you can't have just like an open border and i was very proud of canada at the time for having borders that weren't as porous as the united states but i thought to myself that's probably because the united states is down there (laughs) but also um I mean, we had, at the time, pretty robust borders. You couldn't just walk into Canada. There's also, I mean, I guess you could just walk into Canada, but if you were doing that, you were doing it from the States, right? Um, and, And so not a lot of incentive to do that. But it's been happening for 20 years, probably all through the 90s as well, but at lower levels, at lower rates, because higher rates would have been intolerable. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was just as high back then too. But things seem to be... Well, the Texas governor has has signed laws that make it illegal to cross illegally into Texas. So they're going to arrest and deport people who who do that. Arrest? Uh, Maybe not deport. I don't know if they can. But I'll let you know if I find out. Here is the interview of the guy from Africa. Here we go. Where are you from? Guinea, Conakry. Where? Guinea, Conakry. Guinea. Okay. And where in the U.S. do you want to go to? Uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Why Philadelphia? Uh... I have paper. I don't uh, know the place. Why me check the place. I want to tell the place. Okay, so just an address in Philadelphia to go to? Okay. Okay. Where are you from? So well, That's pretty wild stuff, right? The idea that a whole bunch of people are just crossing the border and they're going to Philadelphia and other places in the U.S. For what? To do what? Inside Paper is reporting... New, China is the number one country sending students to the U.S., data shows. So that's pretty wild. And Wendy says, how do you defeat a country from the inside? You insert spies in the highest level of government, and then you send a steady flow of your military dressed as civilians across their open border to lay in wait for orders. So, yeah, that's, yep. And that's what my dad says. <laughs> that's what my dad was saying. He was he was saying all the pe- all these students who are coming in, are coming in because they are um, not what they seem. There's more than meets the eye, he says, to these, to these students. And he's been saying that for years as well. And pro- probably before I was taking him seriously. Really. Um, moving on, CBC is reporting new villages are sprouting in northern Ontario wilderness, and the province says it's keeping tabs on them. Interesting. Interesting keeping tabs on northern villages sprouting up province says it remains concerned about the safety of off-grid communities provincial inspectors have visited some of the controversial off-grid communities being built in the northern ontario wilderness at least one of these new villages welcomes the government oversight i'm feeling great about it says tanner dem tanner demers demers d one of the 160 members of the swan lake community not too far from kirkland lake the government has been nothing but helpful to us because they just provide us with more information about how we can move forward with the project several of these new communities were marketed were marketed in recent years under the name of medieval villages i've never heard of a medieval village promising a low-cost building lot on a piece of bushland in an un- unincorporated township outside of a city or town and outside of municipal planning rules there is a community known as longview near the existing village of charlton and plans for an off-grid waterfront development on lake kenogami The wilderness development raised concerns from neighboring municipalities which are worried about the impact this could have on the environment, oh yeah, as well as already strained local services such as health care and landfills. They call on the provincial government to take action and this summer and fall officials from the ministries of environment as well as municipal affairs and housing did several site visits. Demers described the visits to Swan Lake, currently a collection of about a dozen cabins and trailers with only a handful of full-time residents, as preliminary. He said testing has been done of the ground and surface waters near the community, plus discussions around long-term plans for well and wastewater treatment. Demers, who sits on the Swan Lake Association as Secretary-Treasurer, said they also discussed the change in provincial law that took effect last month, enabling the building code to be enforced in areas outside of municipal boundaries already home to hundreds of people across northern Ontario. Having some enforcement of the building code is only going to provide us with safer dwellings, safer structures for communities, not even just for our project, but for all unorganized areas. The Ontario government did not make anyone available for interview, but provided the following statement. The province remains concerned about off-grid communities in unincorporated areas and the potential for them to be unsafe for the inhabitants and place significant pressure on neighboring municipalities, as well as the environment, the statement reads. Preliminary building cold compliance site inspection took place at several off-grid sites in the town of Skasing area in November 23. The observations made during these inspections are currently being reviewed to to assess compliance with all applicable laws and regulations. In the event any follow-up is required, the ministry will be communicating directly with the proponents. So it's interesting that the article has been changed since yesterday. Yesterday, they called these communities communities of concern, right? So now they're saying... The province is concerned, so it's interesting. the The verbiage is just different, right? Here's um, Columbo, Frank Columbo, and he says immigration. Mark Miller issuing visas to Palestinians in Gaza to come to Canada. Their values are antithetical to our Western culture and our liability, and will disrupt us. They will displace us from our healthcare, housing, and schools. So this is a Globe and Mail article talking about Mark Miller issuing visas to Gazans who are already Canadians or who have Canadian ties. So that's, yeah, I mean, shocked. I'm shocked. I'm not that shocked. It's one of those things where, I mean, like, how could you expect them to do anything else? They've been signaling for months that that's their goal. Like, of course they're going to do that. Of course they are. Are they going to send them just to Manitoba as has been requested? Or are they going to put them everywhere across the country? Like, who knows? But this is right in line with what Trudeau has historically gone for. Uh, if there's a conflict oh sure we'll we'll take all of them right and so i'm I'm not surprised by this um just how deep how deep does it go? How many people are are we welcoming right that's the question here's Sam Cooper, and this is talking about china um, so our in short, our housing problem is not going to get any better, and it seems getting worse on a whole bunch of different fronts for a whole bunch of different reasons. Sam Cooper's talking about China, and he says a reader shares this story. Um, a reader shares, this story seems to be getting taken down by Reddit, and yet users keep posting it. The story is pure evidence, audio recording, declassified CIA report, a snippet of NSICOP, and, ble- and the leading reporting platform in Canada on PRC threats, so the People Republic of China's threats. So it's a pretty interesting um, situation where Reddit is trying to shape the conversation about this. The Bureau is talking about it. Um, Here's just a little bit of it. In a private briefing in May, 2020, Senator Yen... Pao Wu, sorry, I've got that wrong, promised to shield members of Beijing's United Front from critical scrutiny in Canada for taking pro-China stances on controversial issues such as the treatment of the Uyghurs. Wu's pledges of support for United Front organizations are captured in recordings of his meetings with with Canadian Committee 100 Society, a Vancouver group with ties to the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conferences, CPPCC, The CPPCC is the Chinese Communist Party's basic structure for United Front influence operations, according to a declassified CIA document and recent U.S. government testimony on China's political interference networks. Wu's private statements call into question his public intervener role in Ottawa's upcoming Foreign Interference Commission, according to experts that analyzed his comments. Commissioner Marie-Joseph Hoag granted Wu's late application to make legal arguments in the hearing. But analysts experienced in Chinese interference say the senator, who was appointed by Justin Trudeau in 2016, is legitimizing the United Front's expanding networks of influence, which facilitated Beijing's federal election interference in 2019, according to leaked CSIS records that triggered the commission. There's more, a lot more, if you're interested in checking it out. The link is in the description, um, so you should check that out. Uh, Here's Sam Cooper again. He says, Minister Mary Ng with FinTrack's suspicious transaction subject and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau community outreach, Zin Richard Zhou on the right, former Senator Poi's son on the left. And this is a recent photo, apparently. So Mary Ng is taking pictures with influential people. And that's that's very, very interesting. Do you remember when uh, Raj gruel? I think it was Raj gruel I think that's his name. I've definitely gruel' the last name. I don't know if Raj is the first name, but I'm pretty confident it is and he had a gambling thing going on, and there was all sorts of gambling, and he would go gamble and everybody kind of knew about it and there were gambling debts, and then it bled into there were there were concerns that it was bleeding into the um money laundering uh, Vancouver method in, in BC. And there were also concerns that there was a land purchase in Mississauga that that was kind of, um, it, kind of the, on the Venn diagram of this whole scandal. And then it all just disappeared. Like I haven't talked about Raj Grul in a long, long time. So it all just went away. Poof gone. See you later. Nobody cares. Nobody's really worried about it. People who care have cases fall apart and then their careers fall apart and, you know, other things fall apart and psh, that's that. Here's Elmo being browbeaten by, the Muppets voices used to be used to like match with the Muppet. Like it sounded like the Muppet was talking. I could believe that this was somebody doing a voiceover. But look how defeated Elmo is. I mean, Elmo's just this like terrible I mean, I understand Elmo's supposed to be a toddler or, you know, like a four-year-old who's just kind of gonna go along to get along because he's a four-year-old. <laughs> also, um, Sesame Street is owned by HBO. I don't think it's taxpayer funded anymore. It used to be taxpayer funded, but then HBO bought it because, you know, Sesame Street is a thing that you can purchase, I guess. So they own Elmo and I, I, everything about this clip is wrong. Everything about this clip is wrong. So I just, I think it's funny. Funny is the wrong word. i my kids didn't get to know Elmo and Big Bird and all the rest of it because it was kind of weird by the time my kids were young anyway. And so... I played older cartoons or things that I thought were kind of more wholesome than than the crap on current TV. And Elmo didn't make the cut really. My kids weren't really like, they like Cookie Monster kind of, but then Cookie Monster eats celery. So what the heck? I mean, Cookie Monster sometimes, give me a break. Cookie Monster, <laughs> honestly, for crying out loud, they wrecked Cookie Monster. They wrecked everything. They wrecked everything with their, oh, we should set a good example, blah, blah, blah. Cookie monster, self-explanatory. Okay, here's Elmo being browbeaten for being racist. There we go. Across the country, people of color, especially in the black community, are being treated unfairly. Listen, blue people in the cookie community, cookie monster community, are being treated unfairly because people want to eat healthy or some nonsense, and that wasn't a problem. But all of a sudden, I mean, you... Muppets aren't black. There aren't black Muppets. It would make sense if he was saying, you know, people in the red community, my brother, right? But he's not because <laughs> they're both kind of red, right? Like he's not talking about Muppet racism. He's talking about human racism. And almost like, okay, I want to do better, Puppet. Give me a prayer. Are you kidding me right now? Of how they look, their, their culture, race, and who they are. Elmo we Elvo has no idea look at him Elmo has no freaking clue what culture or race or anything like that he's like okay okay mr adult muppet thing <laughs> what this is for kids this is not aimed at kids this is for parents what a ridiculous it's it's so ridiculous. It's funny, but it's not funny because they're not joking, right? Like, and if they were joking, I'd be like, this is in bad taste. But they're, tr- this is supposed to be real. This is supposed to be honest. Okay, I'm going to stop interrupting. But it's so bad. Okay. What we are seeing is people saying enough is enough. They want to end racism. No. I'm almost I'm to end racism too. Across the country. (laughs) Right. I'm sure Elmo wants to end racism, too. It was a very convincing speech, Elmo. Good job, Elmo. Hello, everyone. Thanks very much for watching. This is just a short version of a longer show. If you'd like to get the whole show, you can go over to CanadaPoly.com and sign up for a subscription. Just look in the drop-down tab for Shop and Donate and look for subscriptions, and you'll get immediate access to the full show. Love to see you. Thanks for watching, everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful.